we are going to start a new series today, and we're going to call that series The Power of Righteousness. Now, I'm going to try to keep from crying because this is so big in me. This is a series that we're going to take our time. I believe that it's going to strengthen your faith. It's going it's to just strengthen every part of your life. I believe it's going to help you to properly identify who you really are. And it's going to change the way you look at everything in your life. This is a massive subject. There is not a lot of books written on the righteousness of God. However, it is a central theme of the epistles. And so we're going to talk about that. So anyway, let me say a few things just to kind of whet your appetite here, and then we're going to get in the Word. So when we talk about righteousness, okay, definitions of righteousness, we're going to, as we go through, we're going to keep having statement after statement to build the definition of righteousness, okay? So in its very simplest form, to be righteous means to be in right standing with God. Now, that sounds like, okay, wow, that's great. Tell me something I don't know. And that's the problem. When people are not awakened to righteousness, they think, oh yeah, Jesus died for my sin, and now I'm, in, I'm right with God. But you have no idea the magnitude of what that means. Because that, in that statement alone, it gives you authority to literally walk on the earth as the first Adam walked on the earth before he fell, and it gives you the same ability to walk on the earth as the second Adam, Jesus, walked on the earth. Why... Why could he tell Peter, right? He's like, hey, they fish all night. Then they come in and Jesus goes, hey, guys, we've got a crowd of people here. Can I borrow your boat? You know, they worked all night, right? You fished at night because fish would see the net during the day so you wouldn't catch anything during the day. So they worked all night. Have any of you ever worked a graveyard shift? I did, I did that for two years in a factory when I was in school. And, uh, you know, after, afterwards, I would, get off, I would get off work, and, uh, you know, it got to the point, when you're used to sleeping during the day, I would sleep seven hours, get up, but I just always seemed tired. But could you imagine doing physical labor all night, now here you are, you're, now it's day, so what are you doing when the sun comes up? They didn't catch anything all night, so now they're cleaning their nets, because you got to clean them before you could take them now, hang them, and then go to bed so that you get ready for the next night. They are ready to go home. And Jesus looks at Peter and goes, hey, um, throw your nets out for a, for a draught, for a large catch. And, and Peter's looking at him like, first of all, you're a rabbi, I'm a fisherman, you might not know this, but you don't fish during the day. I mean, he had all these reasons, right? Why could Jesus look at him? Like, did you ever see the, that TV show, The Chosen? 
when that happened because Peter throws his nets out and kind of looks at Jesus and goes, and then Jesus looks back at him and goes, and then right when Jesus does that, bam, right? Such a large catch, it filled boats. Why? Because when Jesus, walking in the authority of a righteous man on the earth, not under the curse, when he spoke that word, guess what happened? The fish obeyed him. Could you imagine? We shouldn't do this, but here we go. We got to go to the net. Everything bowed. Jesus walked on water, liquid water. Now, we do that here in the Midwest. Our guest ministers from Florida last week, when, when, when we met them at the hotel, they were all excited. They're like, wow, we walked on Carter Lake. I'm like, you did what? It's 40 degrees out. You know, this is not Minnesota. And I'm like, Lord, wow, you spare. Could you imagine? Let's come to Omaha. We're going to minister and, and the senior pastor and the worship leader and one of their new employees die. Thank God that they didn't, right? But Jesus walked on liquid water. Why could Jesus say, hey, Peter, just go and fish, and the first fish you catch, open its mouth, right? And take out enough money, the first fish, to pay your taxes and mine. Could you imagine... The minute he spoke, what's happening? That fish is looking for money. Right? It obeys. There are things about being righteous that are amazing. And we're going to get in, not what we think, but what the Bible says. You're in right standing with God. This word literally means to be justified, which means that you are declared righteous. By who? By the by the righteous judge of all creation, by the Father God, you and I have been declared righteous. Now this is amazing. What does that do? This gives you the ability to stand in the presence of Almighty God without any sense of guilt or inferiority as if sin has never existed in your life the reason why is because sin has been removed from your life. So this isn't a fake thing, right? This is somebody paid the price for you and I to be made as righteous as Jesus is. And here's the thing, guys. You are either righteous or you are not righteous, there is no middle ground. You have either been declared righteous and made righteous by the God of heaven, or you haven't. And there is only one way to be made righteous, and it's through faith. You simply must believe. Satan will work overtime to get you into, if you just do this, if you just do this. Every religion is trying to do things to advance or to be accepted by God. Christianity is completely opposite. Man was lost. There was no way he could ever do anything to be accepted by God. So God had to send his son, 
to die in our place, to pay the penalty of the curse of the law, to pay the penalty of Adam's treason. And now we have been made whole. We have been declared righteous by God. It's amazing. Let me, you know, let me read this. I, I, I printed this out last night. This is something that, hap- that just has blessed me for decades now. So this, Kenneth Hagin was the founder of the Bible school I went to, okay? And, and Brother Hagin, Kenneth Hagin, now his son has been here, I think three times. We've had some great, great, you know, crusades with him. But Kenneth Hagin, uh, as a prophet, he, he had a word of prophecy October 19th of 1980, about four months after I graduated from high school. And I want you to, because in this prophecy, this is a whole teaching on how revelation knowledge of God's word works. So just, I hope this will bless you. He said this under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, and because it's a word of prophecy, this is why, as I read this, you'll see, it's just as fresh today as he gave it. Because God's words never lose power, right? Do not become discouraged because the truth does not dawn on your spirit all at once. But keep meditating on the facts of the word. The more you meditate on that which is written and the more that you meditate on that which is said as one shall speak under the anointing and the inspiration of the spirit, then little by little, it will become real to you. And as on the inside of you, in your spirit, in your inner man, it takes shape and form, it will reshape your own spirit until you'll you'll no longer be a weakling spiritually, but you shall become strong and be able to stand and do the works of the Lord that he has called you unto and to rule and reign and dominate in life as a king by Jesus Christ. So do not turn away even because you do not fully understand or see, but let your mind be open and your spirit be receptive. And say thou, O blessed Holy Spirit, unveil the truth unto my spirit, that I may stand in the fullness of the provision of my Father." For he is my father, I love him, and he loves me. And so you will become that which he has ordered that you should become and rise up to the level of the full privileges and rights and authority and dominion of a a son of God. Rejoice and be glad and speak forth the word of faith. Speak unto those circumstances that have you bound, and speak unto the storm that appears on the horizon of your life, and say, peace be still, and there will be calm. Learn what is yours and act upon it, and it shall become yours in reality. This is what you must do as we get into this study, because it's not what you listen to that affects you. You must have revelation knowledge of these scriptures, and we are trusting the Holy Spirit, the great teacher. We honor him today. 
right? We, we invite him to bring revelation knowledge to our hearts. It's so important. So, let's get into the word a little bit. Notice this, little by little, you see things. But if you'll keep meditating on these scriptures, you will see them more and more. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 2 says this. Therefore, being justified, in the literal Greek, it would read like this. Therefore, having been justified. When were we declared righteous? Almost 2,000 years ago. Having, therefore, being justified. This Greek word justified literally means, as we said earlier, it means to be declared righteous. It literally means to be acquitted. What, is it, what would it mean if you stood, you were accused of a crime, and you went to court, and you were in a trial, and there's a prosecuting attorney, and he's trying to put you in prison, and all of these things, and at the very end of it, you are acquitted. What that means is you walk out of that courtroom, not out the back door and put a jumpsuit on with a number in cuffs. You walk out the front, and there is no criminal record. It's all done away with as if it never existed. This word justified means acquitted. It also means to be set free. It means to render just or to be rendered innocent. Isn't it amazing? I mean, have you ever done some stuff? I've been acquitted. By who? By the God of all creation who knows everything. He looks at me and he sees no sin. Because of this, therefore being justified, how? By faith. All I had to do was believe it. All I had to do was believe that Jesus went to the cross and bore all of my sickness and disease, all of my spiritual death, all of my what? Poverty and lack. He bore it all. He took my place. Did that Roman soldier nail him to a cross? He did naturally, but really my sin nailed him to that cross. And it was all paid for. So now, I went from guilty to innocent. Rendered innocent by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Could you imagine what that means to your prayer life? What did Jesus say? Father, I thank you that you always hear me. But because of these, I'm going to pray it again right before, he, right before Lazarus was raised from the dead. You always hear me. Well, didn't the word say that to us in 1 John chapter 5? Right? If we ask anything according to his will, which is his word, we know that he hears us. 
And if we know he hears us, we know that we have the petition we've asked of him. Well, you know, sometimes God says yes, and sometimes God says no. Okay, that's fair. Where is it? Where is it? If you have a Bible that says that, guess what? You need to get a different translation because that's like, you know, what is that, first or second imaginations? First or second fantasy land, right? No, that's not God's word. What does God's word say? All of the promises of God are in Christ, yes, and in Christ, amen, which means so be it unto me. Wow. See, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith. By whom? What does that mean? By Christ, we also have access by faith into this grace. Well, what's grace? That's the very finished work of Christ. Everything God has given you and I, he gave to us by his grace. Grace is, and, and what are we going to teach on after we get done with righteousness? Grace. Right? We, we as a church, guys, we are going to a different level here. You're all ready for it. God's going to do things in your life. If you'll, if you'll position yourself and get hungry, God wants to do things in your life this year that you can't even imagine. I, I mean, be excited about that. Grace. The Bible, the Bible talks about this grace. You know, healing is, is by grace. Salvation. Everything that God has done. The finished work of Jesus, all that he provided to you was given to you by his grace. That is God doing for you what you could never do for yourself. Right? Grace. The very word means charis. The Greek word charis is the word for grace. It means God's divine influence on your heart that is to be reflected out of your life. In other words, all these things that God has provided for you as you walk in them will be a reflection of the goodness. And, the, and, and literally, that's his glory. It shows the world who he is, that God is a healer, that he is a protector, that he is a provider, Right? So the Bible says now because we've been declared righteous and now we have peace with God, now it says we have access because of what Jesus Christ did for us by faith into this grace. Wherein, look at this, wherein, that, that Greek word literally means which causes us to do something. I have access by faith into this grace wherein or which causes me to stand and rejoice. Why? In hope of the glory of God. See, God puts grace in you and what comes out of you is glory. Because you have been declared righteous, 
Now you have peace with God. And now you can access everything that God provided for you, right? By Jesus Christ, you have access by faith into this grace which will cause you to stand. It'll cause you to rejoice. Why? Because you have hope. You have a joyous, confident expectation that you're going to see the glory of God. What does that mean? This sickness and disease, you will see it not in your body anymore. This poverty and lack or a lack of finances, you will see that eradicated from your life. Why? Because you have peace with God. See, so many Christians are living, where does all this come from? You know, I got to just do better and I just got, you don't know you're righteous. And you jump on this works treadmill. Have you ever been on that works treadmill? It's a horrible treadmill, right? Because the faster you go, the faster it goes, and then it starts inclining until you fall and smack your face and it throws you out the back end. And then Satan's right there. You dirty dog, you fell again. You're nothing. Right? You tried to lay hold of this, you're never going to be able to lay hold. God doesn't really. And it'll all funnel down to God, you know, is God's word really true? Right? Because that's what he's been doing ever since the garden. See, we don't work for salvation. We work out salvation. I'm not saved by my works, but because I'm saved, now I work out. What do I work out? What he's working in. So that means I say and do what God wants me to do. I'm not trying to do something to get something because I've already been given it. But how I access what is already mine like Pastor Dave was talking about. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You know what that is? He is El Shaddai. He's the God who went before you before you were ever born and he laid out everything that you would ever need. And the moment you got born again, literally, it's all yours. Ephesians tells us that we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's all in us. But we can't, it won't do us any good in this realm unless we access it by faith. It comes to us from the unseen realm to the seen realm through faith. We have access into what? Whatever God's given me by his grace, I access it through faith. Why can I do that? Because I've been declared and made righteous. I'm innocent. Wow. Because of me? Nope. Because of Jesus. I love that. So one thing holding more Christians back and in bondage is a lack of knowledge of righteousness. Let me say that again. One thing holding more Christians back and, and allowing Christians to be bound by an enemy that has no authority in their life is because they have a lack of knowledge of righteousness. They don't know what that means 
they don't know that they're righteous. Not know here. Like if you guys that have been here long enough, I mean, one thing about pastoring a church for 16 years, right? Since day one, you guys have seen some consistency with me, right? So you just believe it. Yeah, oh, that makes total sense. You know, it's in the word. Yeah, I, I understand that. Well, I want you to see it. We have to have the Holy Spirit. See, you could hear these words and understand them, but what God wants to do, as you will, not, you won't get it right now, all of it. You might get some, but if you decide to leave here and start quoting this scripture over and over and over, maybe listen to this message 10 or 15 times, the more you do, the Holy Spirit's gonna be able to do this. The opening or the entrance or opening of his word, it gives light. And that's how you know. And all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't, I don't need to be sick anymore. I don't need to be poor anymore. And then you lay hold of it. And through faith and patience, you will obtain the promise. You'll see it in your life. How long? I don't know. Who cares? Right? I already have it. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. And Satan, I'm commanding you to leave in the name of Jesus. You know I have all the authority and you have none. And I'm not moving until you go. Right? So I'm going to live and humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I'm going to resist the devil and he will flee from me as in terror. Why? Because I am, I'm literally, I walk and live with the armor of God upon me. So I'm, I'm, I look like my father. I look like Jesus, right? So this is, this is what we're talking about. Righteousness is the key word to the revelation which the apostle Paul received from Jesus. If you study the epistles, we call it the Pauline revelation. Righteousness is the key word. Everything comes out if you don't understand righteousness you're going to have a hard time understanding any of it righteousness is the free gift of god provided by jesus christ at calvary through the grace of god let me say that again righteousness is a free gift of God provided for us by Christ Jesus at Calvary through the grace of God. God just loved us so much. We, didn't, we couldn't earn it. We don't deserve it. So we're going to use this term. You've heard me say this before, righteousness consciousness. I'm going to try not to use that word a lot because it gets almost confusing. Righteous, if you have notes, write this down. Righteousness, consciousness. What that means is, or you could put equals, living aware of your righteousness. To be righteous, righteous to have a righteousness consciousness what that means is you live your life 
aware that you have been made righteous. Okay? This will cause you to be bold and it will cause you to draw near to the Father. It'll move you in a position to Him. It'll cause, you'll be bold, bold as a lion, and it'll cause you to press in and move towards your Heavenly Father, to lay hold of these things. We're also going to use the word sin consciousness. This is somebody who lives conscious of their sin. What, I'm, what, what I would put in your notes is sin consciousness equals living aware of your sin. This is where most believers live their life. What this causes is it causes you to fear. If you have any fear in your life, it's because you're conscious of your sin. This is, this is worth coming to church today. I don't have to wear skinny jeans and spike my hair and, and pay $800 for a ripped t-shirt and be really cool. That is cool. Does that make sense? Sin consciousness equals living, living your life conscious of your sin. It will produce fear. It will literally usher in the spirit of fear, which will cause you to withdraw from God. And we're going to back this up with a lot of scripture. So this is a foundation. So now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You guys doing good today? Man, this is good stuff. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. Look at what the Word of God says here. It says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. What is the, what, what is the road to walking free from sinful and unrighteous behavior? Awakening to righteousness. See, everybody is just jumping all over the place. And this is, this is why the world is kind of confused with the American church. Because we look exactly like the world. We're in the same bars. We're hooking up with the same women or men. We're doing the same things. We say the same things at work. We walk in just as much fear, right? Our, all, our lives are just a disaster because we got all these behavior issues and then some pastors get so mad about that, and what they do is they start beating up their sheep. you got to be holy. Listen, you can't walk holy if you don't know righteousness. Because holiness, which is your behavior, it flows out of righteousness. If you are walking in sin in your life right now, if there's a sin, this secret thing in your life that's just eating your lunch, what it's doing is it steals your ability to be at peace. You have inner turmoil because you're born again, because your inner nature has changed. 
and you just can't seem to overcome this thing, well, the reason why is because you don't know who you are. You don't know that you've been made righteous. But when you gain revelation of that, all of a sudden, your behavior will change. So give yourself a break. Don't beat yourself up for your behavior. Go back to the word. Don't try to suck it up and do better tomorrow. Right? Well, you know, it's Jan. I mean, right now, what is it? January 15th. Right now, man, people have fallen off the wagon. Right? Already. Next week, for all you gym lovers, the gyms will be a little bit better next week. Right? Give it about one more week, and by the end of the month, man, it's clear, you know? There's gym equipment all over Omaha that's going to be hanging laundry. Right? Man, they watched this... They watched this fitness model late at night while they were sitting in their bed watching TV, eating bonbons. And they saw this guy or this lady with a perfect body on this piece of junk equipment and they bought it. Right? And all of a sudden they're like sitting there going, man, I'm going to do this. Do you know what you can do? When you gain revelation that you're righteous, you can do all things. Because nothing will dominate you ever anymore. You could actually meet yourself. Awaken to righteousness and sin not. And then it says this. Paul's writing this to the church at Corinth. And we, and, and we, we don't really see this unless we look into the Greek words. It says, for some have not the knowledge of God... And Paul says this, I speak this to your shame. And you're like, well, that's not fair. I thought there was no shame. And here's Paul. You know, one, tra- one translation said, literally, the Greek language, I speak this to your shame. The Greek language would say, I speak this in order to move you to shame. Ouch, are you kidding me? I mean, Paul... I'm, yeah, that, you're slapping people in the face. It's not my fault, for some have not the knowledge of God. Well, maybe they didn't hear. No, you got to break these Greek words down because this, for some have not the, the, the Greek verb is echo, okay? It means to continue to have, to continue to hold, to continue to possess, to continue to own. In other words, some of you have chosen not to continue to have knowledge of God. Some of you have chosen not to continue to possess the knowledge of God that you've been given, is what he's saying. So these people were taught, but they chose to let it go. Right? Now, don't get down on them. Have we ever done that? Right? I mean, you know, some churches, maybe we should just put a time clock out there. Right? Okay, bam, I, 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 I did my time. I'm good for another week. I'm, an, I'm a good person. I went to church. Hooray. Right? No, that's not what it's about. I don't think there's very many of you here because you just want to feel better about yourself. Right? We want to grow in these things.
So this is saying, awake to righteousness and sin not because some of you have chosen to not continue in the knowledge of God. That's what it's basically saying. And this word knowledge is interesting. In the knowledge of God. This is the Greek word agnosia. It's a different word that knowledge that Paul used. And the reason why it literally means, it's a noun, it means to not know, to be ignorant, okay? To not be acquainted with. Now keep going because you got to get the picture of this Greek word. It's not merely an intellectual ignorance, but a moral defect or fault, which means willful ignorance or willful blindness. You have willfully chosen to be ignorant and blind and not continue in the knowledge of God. And what is he saying for that person who literally, now is that speaking to the church today? For those of you who have willingly chosen to be ignorant and it's caused moral defects, which means you're looking at wrong stuff on a computer, you've got all this stuff, secret sin in your life, you're just doing whatever, right? For those of you who have chosen this, what is your way out? Awaken to righteousness and you won't sin. So instead of beating yourself up today, and people online, instead of beating yourself up, why don't we just go, okay, now I understand why I am where I am. Right? Are you guys hearing how good this is? God is giving us our answer. He's saying all you got to do is awaken to righteousness. Wake up. Wake up to this. Awaken to righteousness and sin not. In other words, choose to continue to be aware that you've been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ Jesus. Choose to continue in that. I hope if you don't do anything when you leave here today, you walk around saying this week, Father, I thank you that I have been made your very righteousness. I'm awakening to it. Well, I'll tell you, it'll change everything about your life. What burns in my heart as a pastor is to have people that will stand before the Lord. Do you, do you know, in a very short period of time, Guys, is it possible that this is the last year that we'll be here before the rapture of the church? Absolutely. But even if it's not, we're closer than we've ever been. And even, forget all that. You know that, that prophecy that I gave you? I was 18 years old. And now I'm about to be 61 years old. I blinked. So I, I mean, I live with a sense of urgency. I'm so glad they say your most productive years are in your 60s, 70s, and into your 80s. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful. Jake, I'm sorry if the Lord comes back. You're probably never going to hit that, but 
you know. I'm just teasing. I'm just, I'm just teasing. But you know, I mean, for you guys, we're all going to do, do you realize you're going to do a lifetime of ministry in a very short period of time? This is, we're at the end of the age. This is a time of multiplication. This is a time where God's going to move big. But you need to know who you are. You need to, because you need to live. You need to get up in the morning and know that God is pleased with you. You need to, when you go to him in prayer, that there's nothing there. Because you know you're choosing this behavior and, and you know, you're trying to play church. That's just frustrating. Do you know sin is never to dominate your life? So we continue to be aware that we've been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. We continue to be aware that I've been placed in right standing with God through the sacrifice of Jesus at Calvary. I continue in this. That's how I awaken to righteousness. See, as long as Satan can convince you that you don't have any right to the things of God, then he can keep you under his thumb and sin will control your life. You have a right to everything that Jesus Christ provided for you in redemption. You are God's righteous child. Don't live under don't live under the thumb of the enemy and let sin control your life anymore. He is defeated. He's so far under you spiritually, there is no comparison. See, this is the bottom line. When Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and we'll get there, when they chose, when Adam, I should just put it on Adam, when Adam chose, eyes wide open, to disobey God, what happened there is he violated, he sinned. He missed the mark. In all of his pride and arrogance, he chose to do something God told him not to. And what happened, there was a crack in, in the universe. And the curse came upon the earth. The Bible said sin entered this earth realm and death entered it by sin. And now we have all these problems. And now Adam instantly died spiritually. And he literally, Jesus, even when he walked on the earth, said, you are of your father, the devil. Think about that. We have been created. We as children of God have been created in the very image and likeness of God. The Bible says we will judge angels in eternity. We're a higher class of being than an angel. But yet, Adam because of what he did, he literally was born, and, and Satan, a, a lower form, became his God. Wow. See, it's impossible for you to have authority over someone where you're succumbing to them. So on the earth today, there are children of God, and there are children of the devil. Now, some of these children of the devil, they're, verily, they're very morally upright people. Romans chapter 1. They're very heathenistic. Romans chapter 2. They're very moral. But Romans chapter 3, all of them are lost. 
right? There's really, see, when God looks at the church, he doesn't really look at Baptist and Episcopal and Charismatic and Word of Faith, you know, whatever it is. No, no, you're either part of the church, you're either a child of God, or you are not. Why do people who die, who never receive Christ, why do they go to hell? Does God send them? No. Hell was never even made for them. Hell, the Bible says, was made for Satan and his fallen angels. They have identified themselves with Satan. Well, they didn't know. Well, see, God says, even all creation lets everyone know that there is a God, and everyone is without excuse, but people push this down. God simply honors their decision to go there, but it doesn't please him. He would have all men to be saved. He would have all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. So there's no middle ground here. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is the driving force behind our faith. It's the driving force. It causes us to triumph in his name. That's how important this subject is. So I come up here in fear and trembling, trusting God to convey this message in simplicity so that we can all grab hold of it and go deeper into it. So let's go back to Genesis because I want you to see this. I want, let's go right back to the beginning. We're, we're not going to spend a lot of time, but we're going to spend a little time, probably finish up today with this. Go to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. Guys, I got to tell you, in reality, this is righteousness 101, right? In the church today, this would probably be considered, what you've heard today so far, would probably be considered PhD level righteousness. Why? Because of a lack of teaching. But the reality of it is, guys, we're in elementary school, right? So we could color a nice little righteous picture and our father will be happy. You'll get a gold star. It's awesome. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. See, this is the way it is with God. This is entry level. But the way it is with God is you hear this. Do you know, when you study, the whole, it's a whole teaching between the milk of the word and the meat of the word. Do you know it's the same word? But as you give yourself to it, you go deeper into it, and it goes from milk and it turns into meat. And as you keep going deeper and deeper, man, it is a protein where you take a little bite of steak, but you've gone so deep that it's 300 grams of protein that is just infuses you, and it builds strength, right? It's interesting. You drink it, and if you keep drinking it, It'll turn into meat, and you keep going deeper into it, and you see things. Genesis 1.26, and God said, let us make man in our image. This word image means our resemblance. See, what does that mean? We are a, we are a spirit being just like our Father. Now, are we God? No. 
Are we to operate as the God of this world? We're to operate as Jesus operated in this earth. In this earth. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. The first thing God gave man was dominion. Now think about this. This word dominion means to exercise control. It means the right and the power to rule. Right? Look at this. God gave Adam and Eve the right and the power to rule, to govern, and to control. This word dominion means sovereign authority. Adam and Eve had sovereign authority. Adam was standing right there when that snake, when Satan, right? It says serpent. That, that Hebrew word literally means one who puts thoughts in the mind. But when Adam was standing right there with Eve, first of all, Eve should have said something. This is what you say to Satan when he talks to you. Shut up and get out in Jesus' name. Don't want to know your name? Don't care. You're a pre-Adamic loser. You were kicked out of heaven even before Adam and Eve. Why would we want to serve him now? Right? So literally, they had sovereign authority in this earth. It's interesting, today, the doctrine this, that's unscriptural. People walking around saying, well, God's sovereign, so if he wants me healed, I'll just be healed. If he wants me blessed, then I'll just be blessed. Well, wait, time out. He is sovereign, but he set things up as a sovereign God. He, what did he do? He gave you a will, and in your life, your will trumps his will. What does that mean? Listen, if you don't want to serve him, we don't see masses of humanity dying because they're not serving God today. Right? Because they choose. You as a Christian can choose to go break the law. And God won't stop you because your will trumps his will in the earth right now. Interesting. He gave us dominion over what? Over the fish of the sea. Well, now it makes sense why Jesus could speak to fish and they would come to a net. And over the fowl of the air and over the cat. See, when I say this, the fowl of the air, fish of the sea, all the hunters and fishers are going. Right? Okay. Eight point buck, come here. I wonder if that's possible. There's some scripture that kind of leads me to believe that, right? Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Guess what Satan does? He goes to and fro on the earth. He creeps on the earth. You have authority over him. Now jump to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed, this, this word formed means to form, shape, and mold man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. This word breath in the Hebrew language means the spirit of 
of life, and man became a living soul. See, we are separated from every other created thing because God created Adam with a spirit. With a spirit from himself. God took something of himself and made Adam. In other words, God made Adam as close to himself as he could. So I got news for you. The correct term is not evolution. Man was created perfectly. Oh, we have some technology and stuff, but I have a feeling that when we see how Adam operated, it's not anywhere close. What we're experiencing is devolution. Adam was perfect. God took something of himself and breathed his spirit. You and I are speaking spirits, just like our father. So evolution, listen, it's not from what? We went from the ooze, or what is it, the goo, to the zoo, to you. No. No, 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 no. I had a cultural anthropology professor tell me, you know, because he the first class I took it at Saddleback College, here we go. First statement was, evolution is no longer theory, it's fact. Now, that was 1980. That's stupidity gone to seed. But being an 18-year-old, I said, I stood up and said, wait a minute, that's stupid. You know, I became friends with the professor. He kicked me out of his class three times. But, you know, we became friends. When he talked about the Big Bang Theory, I was driving a 73 Brown Maverick. Right? And I'm like, so what you're saying is I could take this rusted out 73 Brown Maverick and blow it up and have a Ferrari. That takes a lot more faith than Jesus Christ dying on a cross for my sin, right? No, 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 no evolution. We didn't, see, he would tell me, well, if you, look up, if you look at the physical makeup of a man and look at the physical makeup of a gorilla, it, there's similarities. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a body. I'm a speaking spirit. I live in a body, and maybe my body has some attributes that that gorilla has, Right? But, but I'm not a body. I'm a, I'm a speaking spirit. I live in a body. Right? So, God made everything else by speaking it. But he made man by breathing into him. God made man literally the small g, God of this world. This doesn't make man as great as God. This does not make man as equal with God. But this puts man in a position to walk and exercise the authority that God gave him. Now, why am I saying this? Because Jesus got all this stuff back for us, right? Adam was given dominion to control the elements, the circumstances, and the events that pertain to him. Adam was to control the place that God gave him in the same way that you have the name of Jesus and you are to control your life. We have Christians praying to God about things they need to be speaking to. But if you don't understand you're righteous, you won't know what to do. 
when we are born again, we can exercise dominion in those things pertaining to our lives. Amen? Well, listen. I think I'm going to stop here. We'll get into this more because I want to look at creation. I want to look at the fall because you've got to see that if you live your life, if you live your life conscious of your sin, there will be fear that will manifest and Satan will be able to rob from you. You'll withdraw away from God. But if you will live your life conscious that you are righteous, that you've been made righteous because of Jesus, it'll produce boldness in you and help you walk in freedom. Amen?